Good morning, church family. How's everybody doing today? Good. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. We have a few announcements before we get started today. Uh, church retreat, thank you for signing up for a committee. Uh, children's group will be meeting on February 26th after worship. The outreach group will meet on the 19th after worship. And if you haven't signed up yet, the sheets are still in the gym on the wall, so please join us so we can start making plans to do uh, good things for our church and our community. And then don't forget to mark your calendars. For March 4th, we have our first ever casual dinner with a special touch, and we have it's part of the dinner was corned beef, but they decided now, because there's certain people that aren't fans of corned beef, now we've added turkey to the menu. So uh, we have turkey and corned beef available, as well as all the other sides. Uh, to reserve a table, if you want to do a whole table of eight, it's $240. Or if you want to buy an individual ticket, it's $35. It's a sit-down dinner, so there's no buffet, so you'll be served. There's only 104 tickets being sold, so tickets are available now. We have music performed by John Torrance and the Native Heart, who is a local musician that uh, a number of people here have seen and really enjoyed a lot. So if you want to get tickets, please get with Sheila or Linda really quick here so they can get everything planned and know how much food we need to order. Or you can call the church office. Uh, if you are not interested in a dinner but like to come and enjoy the music, uh, tickets are $10 from 7 to 9 to do that. So now at this time, welcome to the Emmaus Experience. They have no idea. They have no idea what to expect. No. Going to be unbelievable. They will be different ladies. Hi, ladies. Are you ready? All right, let's load up. Yes, load it all up. This is going to be something like I've never done before. Just relax. You'll enjoy it. Oh, take deep breaths. <laughs> now, before we get started, everybody buckled up? Yo. Yes. Diane, do you need some help here? Yeah, I need some help. <laughs> I always need help. You know that. <laughs> you know that. Nothing new. For okay, you. here we go. Right. Here we go. Are they buckled up? Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, are they messing around yeah. back there? Ready to go. Yeah. All right. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, I'm strangled again. Oh, no. Let's redo it. Gotta redo it. Oh, yeah. I hate backseat belts. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Thank okay, you. here we go. Everybody leave their cell phones at home. Oh, yes. Uh, yep. And their watches. Yep. No watches, no cell phones. No. no. Do you remember your Bible? Yes. Okay, here we go. Blankets and everything. We got it all. I was thinking we should have brought snacks. Should we have brought oh, snacks? Oh, no. You'll have plenty to eat. Ah, uh, positive. Okay. Are we there yet? No, no. Soon. Oh, we're at Manchester. This is where Randy Smith go teaches, and this is where Lily and Jacob go to school. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so close. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm glad we're taking the back way. It's so beautiful right now in the fall. Yes, it is. The colors have been so gorgeous. And there's a beautiful church up here, the Bethel Church. Oh, that's right. It's real right. pretty. And after yes. we get around the corner, that's where 
Julie works. Oh, I didn't so know that. The, yeah. She got a little bit of a drive out there. Yeah. Way. yeah. But so lovely. Lord works up around this the corner. Cool? Yep. We learned yeah. something new, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll okay. be there soon. Yeah. Okay. Red light. Red light. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I was so anxious to get you there. Thank you. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Backseat driver here. Okay, here we are. We're here. Unload. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oops. Our car fell down. <laughs> <laughs> we lost our car. Good morning, everyone. In Luke 24, verses 13 through 35, it tells of the disciples Cleopas and Simon walking back to the city of Emmaus from Jerusalem. This was a seven-mile walk, and as they walked, they were discussing all that had happened in Jerusalem. As they walked, a stranger joined them, and they shared the happenings with him about Jesus' crucifixion. When it came time for them to get something to eat, they asked the stranger to join them. It was at this time, as Jesus broke the bread and blessed it, that they recognized who he really was. The disciples then returned to Jerusalem to spread the good news. So this is part of what the Emmaus walk is to spread the good news. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Emmaus Walk for Dottie and Lisa and I began on Sunday, August 28th, when Diana and Sheila were sharing with Pastor Mike and the congregation their experience at different Emmaus Walks. It was discovered that Sue Reese and Sue Hartag had also had that amazing experience. One little boy listened so intently when Sheila assured people that they would even take care of your cats and your dogs. He just knew that the ladies were going to get him a dog and bring it and take care of it just for him. Now that's really listening. Everything for that weekend was provided for us by those four great women. It was a very spiritual and love-filled weekend, agape love, this all-encompassing love. As the three of us were there, we talked about wanting to share this experience back here at home. As Emmaus walks are also for both men and women, not at the same time, no co-ed, but they, you can have that experience also, men. So throughout the week, we received agape gifts and many prayers from other groups in Southeast Michigan. You received an agape gift this morning as you were coming in. And the children will be receiving one later when it comes time for them. <clears throat> I am going to ask you after the closing hymn to please stay so we can bring the Sunday school group in who is preparing the spaghetti dinner we can thank them. 
And at the end where it says the benediction song, the children will be in here. And we just sing that to the tune of the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Also, at the back of the church, as you leave, we have two quilts. A quilt for Kelly Smith, who's had surgery, and a quilt for Leslie's mother, Sandra, because I can never remember the last name, I'm sorry. And, but as you leave, guys, please take these home to your wives today. So, with that said, here we go. If you would stand as you're able and join me in the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Please join in the call to worship. This is the message which we have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We know that we have passed out of death into life. We love those of the family of faith. By this we know love, that Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for each other. Let us love more than words, but in truth and action. 
Please join us in hymn 384, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. <clears throat> Please greet one another with a smile and a kind word before sitting.
Our first scripture reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Good morning, it's our time for prayer. Do we have any joys or prayer concerns that, Randy? Awesome. On that note, I would also like to thank my church family for the prayers for my husband who suffered a stroke two weeks ago. Uh, the Lord was with us. It was a very mild stroke. He was in the hospital for a week and never even knew he was sick. So he's home acting just as he always has had. So whether that's good or bad. Any other? Kim? I'd just like to thank the entire church family and the prayer group for prayers for my wife. Uh, she went in with a heart attack uh, Tuesday morning, and they released her Thursday afternoon. Uh, she had 100% blockage uh, in one of her veins or arteries. Uh, but right now she's just kind of tired, a little bit sore, and she's doing good. She's looking forward to watching the Super Bowl today. <laughs> I hope her team wins. Yeah. And also... Um, Another joy, too, is today is Leslie's birthday, so. Happy birthday to you. Happy she's not here. Oh, she's not here. She's not here. She's not here. <laughs> she had to take Connor out. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, with no other, I'll go to our prayer concerns at Ivers. Oh, sorry. Get up. No, you got to do it up here. The girl that runs the house for my son and Jacob in Tumpsy, she's having a hard time passing a kidney stone, and she's a really sweet lady. So we got to keep her working. So praise her. What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Um, I don't know her last name. I, I just call her Mama Lisa. <laughs> so add Mama Lisa to your prayers. Also, um, Carl has been missing in action. He's suffering with pneumonia. He's on the mend but hopefully he'll be back with us soon. So keep Carl in your prayers. Uh, Luann's son-in-law, Ken Boley, is having a spinal fusion on February 16th. So keep Ken and the surgeons in your prayer. And I would like to ask for prayers for our friend Jan. Her adult son, Dan, had back surgery last week, but unfortunately, because of all the heart, di uh, the kidney dialysis that he's had, it's weakened his bones and they were unable to do everything they needed to do. So please keep Dan in your prayers. Let's go to our Father. 
Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with thankful hearts. We are thankful for this beautiful day you have given us and the fellowship we find in this, your house. Lord, we also come to you with heavy hearts. We are saddened by the devastation in Turkey and Syria from the earthquake. Please be with, those, with the survivors and those that have lost loved ones. Help us to remember those in our prayers. Lord, we also have prayer requests closer to home. We thank you for successful surgeries and progressive recoveries. Please be with those that are sick, grieving, shut in, and lonely, and help us to reach out as needed. And Lord, we ask you to be with us as we pray the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we trespass against us. Remember us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And we'll have a moment of a silent prayer. Amen. If you would join me for the prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy your consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And please stand if able for the Gloria. be seated and if the children would come forward please Okay. All righty. Oh, they're going to come in. Okay. I didn't realize they were going to get to come in. Wonderful. Oh, that's great. 
I thought we were going to keep you people working out there. No. Well, that's... Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Do you remember what's coming up this week? Just say it up. Valentine's Day. Absolutely. I know. And you know what? We sang happy birthday to your mom and she wasn't in here. So we're going to have to all do it individually later, huh? Well, for Valentine's Day, we know that hearts mean love, doesn't it? Hearts mean love. Well, did you know that here at church we have something else that shows love? Can anybody think what it might be? The cross. Absolutely, the cross up there. And many of us wear crosses, don't we? And that means that we are loved all the time. Also here at church, in the back of the pews, we have a Holy Bible. And this tells the stories of God and love and Jesus, not just how we need to behave or do it, but how much they love us. We are so loved, not just by moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and our relatives. Everybody. Everybody. And also, we have a hymnal. Now, I bet you know some songs, don't you? What are some of the songs that you know? Frozen. I'm sure some of you know some of the songs from Frozen. Mm hmm. What song do you know? Oh, wow. I can't even say that one. What one do you know? No. Oh, wow. In the snow. Yeah, this kind of year we get quite a bit of songs about the snow, don't we? Zachary. Uh, that one I don't know. I'll have to have you sing that one to me later, okay? Maybe you can sing that for us. Well, in here, there is a special, special hymn just for you. And that's what we call the songs here at church. We call them hymns, not hers. Who knows why not hers? When I was little, I thought they should be hymns and hers. But it was only hymns. So, but on 191 is a hymn just for you, and it is Jesus Loves Me. Any of you heard that already, I bet? And moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas know it. And this is a hymn that you can take with you the rest of your life. Because you know what? I still sing, Jesus loves me. There's days that I just need to remember that Jesus loves me when I think nobody else does, that Jesus does, does love me. Yeah, I guess that's right. So we're going to ask the congregation to turn to hymn 191 we're going to sing it two times 
but we're only going to sing the first verse because that's the important verse for us right now. So everybody ready to sing? Somebody would see that. First of all, I would like to have us join hands and say a prayer. And then we have two treats for you. And one is special. And we're going to ask you that when you get this one, to take it back and give it to mom, dad, whoever you came to church with. This one you can take with you to Sunday school. But first, let's say our prayer. And this is a prayer that my children and I used to say at church, at school, every day. Can we get a circle going here? There's a lot of people. Yes, there are, and this is wonderful. Here, can we open up and let these people back in too? Here, let go a minute. One big circle holding on to everybody. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, this is like a group hug, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. Father, we thank thee for the night and for the blessed morning light, for rest and food and loving care and all that makes the day so fair. Help us to do the things we should to be to others kind and good. In all we do and all we say to grow more loving every day. Amen. Now can you give each other a squeeze? Thank you for coming up and helping. Oh, okay. This is so each of you have your own cross. 
and it's a cross that can go in your pocket. And so you can carry it in your backpack going to school or wherever you would like to have it. And also, there's a thing of the Lord's Prayer in here for you. So everyone will get one of these, and then we will also get some extra goodies to eat. You are welcome. And when you get done, you can go with the two ladies who are taking you for Sunday school today. Wait, wait for your treat. Father, thank you that you can satisfy our every desire and need. Your words says that we should give honor to you with the first fruits of our wealth. Accept our tithes and offerings as a gift of worship to you. Multiply what we give for the effective growth of your kingdom. May Christ dwell in our hearts through faith so that we, beginning being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. May we be filled with all the fullness of God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.
scripture reading John chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know the God that God was sent to teach us, sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into a mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish leader, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you that we know and we have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about these earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about the heavenly things? Thanks be to God. Good morning. Have you ever felt God nudging you? I've heard people describe as being hit over the head. For me, it's more like an elbow. You know, sort of like, hey, I need you to take care of this. I know you can, though will you? Then somehow, as I'm shaking my head no, God says yes with my mouth. Has that ever happened to you? Sometimes what I'm asked to do is very apparent. Other times, not so much. And the struggle begins. I wonder if I have what it takes <clears throat> to complete the task and if I have accurately discerned God's calling. In the book of Genesis, Abram's response to God's call teaches us to have faith when we discern God's gentle voice in our lives. We are to act with faith and go forward even when it means embarking on a scary, uncharted course. Is there a new path, a new journey, a new way of being that God is calling you to this morning? Maybe you feel God calling you to a new ministry or a new job, though you have been afraid to act. Perhaps you are passionate about something that is just unjust in this world around you, though you have not been brave enough to speak up or to act for a change. Possibly there is something that you've needed to give up to fully live out God's call, such as an addictive tendency, anger, or some other destructive behavior. We are quickly approaching the season of Lent, which is the time to both embrace new life and let go of those things that stand in the way of our fully following God's call. Like Abram, if after careful discernment, our sense of call is affirmed, we are to trust in God and act in faith. How many of you remember the opening seconds for the Wide World of Sports program? For those of you that don't, the program started with a skier tucked in perfect form, 
heading down the long ski jump. As the athlete was gaining, athlete was gaining speed to make the jump, the narrative said something like, the thrill of victory. Then for no apparent reason, the skier tumbled head over heels off the side of the jump. And as the man bounced off the supporting structure to the snow below, the narrator sums up how quickly situations can change by intoning the words, the agony of defeat. What we did not know was that the skier chose to fall rather than finish the jump. Why? He explained later that the surface of the jump had become too fast and midway down the ramp realized if he completed the jump, he would set down on the level ground beyond the safely sloped landing area, which could have been fatal. Surprisingly, he suffered no more than a headache from the tumble. To, to change one's course in life can be a dramatic and sometimes painful undertaking. Though change is better than possible catastrophe, like the skier's near-fatal landing. In the fall of 1999, I went on my Emmaus walk. I seriously had no idea what I was in for. However, I felt God nudging me to go. I kept thinking that I must be crazy to think my extremely introverted personality could not only go somewhere I had never been alone and spend the weekend with people I had never met and also live to tell about it. I know many of you think that this would be no big deal, but for me it was almost terrifying. I disliked being the focus or center of attention. I preferred living on the outside edge, in the back by myself. That's where I felt safest. I know the area well and uncomfortable there, near an exit if I need it. But God coaxed me ever so gently to step into the water with him. It was like learning to swim. At first, I thought the whole weekend sounded good, on paper anyway. The Emmaus community was, has a very nice brochure that pretty well explains the whole experience. Though this was, my, this was way out of my comfort zone, I could easily have declined the offer to attend or made up some story as to why I could not go. Yet I kept feeling that little push which increased with intensity and frequency as the weekend neared. My safe little world was being rocked. You see, I was one of the fortunate that had found a job I loved, working with people I adored and had become very close to, a job that allowed me to use my God-given talents in sewing and design to provide for my children. I had developed quite a name for myself in the sailing industry, as many of my designs were used by and manufactured for a number of companies all over the United States. I was in my element as long as I was allowed to remain in the background under the umbrella of the company. As life would have it, my comfort and security began to crumble. The owner was undergoing some sort of midlife crisis and became almost estranged, losing sight of all we had worked so very hard to build. Bills went unpaid, which made ordering the materials necessary to produce our product impossible. Every day became a struggle between juggling production schedules, appeasing my coworkers, vendors, and customers, all the while watching as the owner's marriage crumbled. I was entangled in their divorce, and it made me angry. Every day, my stress level grew exponentially. 
The week before my walk was one of the worst by far. My work days, which used to be interesting, creative, and fun, were instead filled with confrontations, always ending with heated words followed by silence and angst. The only thing that kept me going day to day was a nondescript tune that had come into my head. Though I couldn't discern the origin of the tune, I hummed and whistled it all week whenever the stress became too much. Finally, Thursday arrived. As had become the custom, I left work in anger, frustration, and silence to go home and enjoy dinner with my boys before being whisked away to the unknown. All the while, my mind was whirring with questions, trepidation, and of course, guilt about leaving my boys for the weekend. My Emmaus sponsor arrived, drove me to Flint, and left me. <laughs> I was on my own until Sunday when she would return to pick me up. I hoped, anyway. I was looking forward to a ride home. Normally, a situation like this could have triggered a near panic attack, though that tune, that tune circling in my head, gave me comfort. The next morning after breakfast, we headed to the conference room where I learned the words to the tune God had put in my head earlier that week, which turned out to be the song, Lord, I Lift Your Name on High. Until that morning, I had never heard this song, though God had put the notes in my mind. When I heard the music and lyrics, a calm came over me, and somehow I knew I would survive the weekend. Now you may be thinking, nice story. How exactly does it pertain to today's scripture? The focus is all about trust and illumination. God saw I was at a crossroad, yet my path was barricaded with fear and doubt, knowing I had to find a new stable means of support for my children and paralyzed with fear of failure. So God kept nudging me, only this time instead of his elbow, he grabbed me by the hand. Anytime I came up with a reason not to attend the walk, God provided a solution to the problem. Therefore, I stepped off my unstable footing onto his stable ground. I have to tell you, once I gave up my control and took his hand, it was a wonderful weekend of worship, fellowship, study, and enlightenment. You see, unlike some people who grew up with little to no knowledge of religion, I grew up amidst a family deeply rooted in their Christian faith. So I never had a thunderous moment where the earth shook or the seas roared in revelation. I often wondered if I had missed something magnificent. What I learned on that Emmaus weekend was even more powerful. I already knew I believed in God. What I didn't fully comprehend was that God believed in me. Until that weekend, whenever I felt his call, my response was almost always, me? You called me? Why would you think I could do this? Yet that weekend, God promised that he would provide what I needed and the strength to find it if I believed in myself as he did. A few months later, I stepped out and accepted a position at a different company. Sometimes it can be difficult to hear God's message. In this morning's scripture reading, we heard the story of the Pharisee Nicodemus coming to Jesus in the dark of night. Here is a powerful leader who comes to a wandering preacher in the darkness of night 
for illumination. Clearly, Nicodemus senses God in Jesus, yet as their conversation unfolds, Nicodemus seems to have tremendous difficulty hearing and understanding Jesus' new teachings. Perhaps Nicodemus is too rooted in the world and those things he is familiar with to hear Jesus' radical new message of love that paves the way to eternal life. All through the Gospels, Jesus calls the unlikely, the meek, and the humble. For instance, Jesus met John the Baptist at the river, River Jordan, and asked to be baptized. John replied, you're asking me to baptize you? Jesus called Levi, the tax, tax collector, saying, follow me. Jesus declared, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. As followers of Jesus, are we like Nicodemus, coming to God in a place of darkness, yet being able to hear Jesus' call to new life? Are we actually choosing to stay in a place of darkness, with our hands over our ears like children chanting, la, 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 I can't hear you, over and over again? Many times I've heard the phrase, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips those who are called. God saw something in me that I was unable to see in myself. Fortunately, God continues to call. This morning we heard Jesus illuminate the path to new life once again. If we continue in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16, we read those familiar words, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This scripture tells of God's enormous love for the world, a love so great that the path to eternal life is open to all. All that is asked of us is to believe, to repent, and have faith. Like opening the shutters to the morning sun, Jesus brings light, not only to the darkness of our lives, but to the darkness of the world. Continuing in John 3.17, we are told that God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So what about now? Contrary to what you see or believe, I still do not favor being up front, and usually I'm trembling most of the time. However, I'm no longer paralyzed by that fear. To those of you who say, I could never do that, Put your faith in God that he knows what he is asking of you and that he will support and guide you the whole way through. There's a story about a guy who was sizing up God and he asked, God, how long is a million years to you? God replied, a million years is a second. So then the man asked, so how much is a million dollars to you? To this God replied, a million dollars is like a penny. The man then asked God, can you spare a penny? God replied, in a second. <laughs> Never is a long time for us, though only a second for God. He is very patient and has nothing but time to nudge, prod, and encourage us in hopes we will step in a little closer to his kingdom, sharing the good news with the world around us. Did Nicodemus finally hear Jesus and act with faith? Or did Nicodemus leave that night and continue to live in darkness? We really don't know. 
What we do know is that if we truly seek new life, Jesus has outlined the way. And like Abram and Nicodemus, we have a choice. We can choose to retreat back into the cave of darkness, or we can hear God's call and walk in faith toward the light of Christ, trusting that he believes in us. Remember, God loves you, and so do I. The closing hymn, Jesus, Jesus, can I tell you how I feel? And the words are, you have them in your bulletin somewhere there, so you can sing with us. Please stand. We would like to have, can the children come in further? All the way up here in front. We need to thank you, people. Thank you, all of you cookers and chefs and waiters and waitresses and the people who were out there with you helping. We thank you very much. And now, in, also in your bulletin, are the words that this is the prayer that we sang before every meal that we had. And so the words are there, the doxology, you know. So just please add those words. And then, when, again, when we leave, please remember to say prayers on the quilts that are the, at the back. Thank you.